0: Welcome to The Fruit of Passion, I'm your host, Alejandro, also known as Hanoma online. Today I'm speaking with Álvaro Matus. Álvaro is a linguist with a background in mathematics, which is very uncommon. It's not hard to see how people in the humanities and in mathematics tend to put a wall between those areas, sometimes to the point of being dismissive and even arrogant. So people who move freely between these two areas are a rare find and Álvaro is one of them. But also the conversation you're about to hear was an interesting experiment because both Álvaro and myself are native Spanish speakers and this was the first time in over 15 years of friendship that we spoke to each other in English. So actually we talk about this at some point in the podcast which turned out to be a very interesting conversation. And now I give you Alvaro Matus. I'm here with Alvaro Matus. Alvaro is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, Alvaro, welcome to the podcast. Hello.
1: How are you? Ah, Sorry. Freaking out! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that's
0: fine. This, this stays. Let's start with this. I met Alvaro a number of years ago, but it's probably not wise to disclose. Um, no, we shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't say at this point.
1: It, it was uh, around... More than 15 years ago, I Yeah, think.
0: more than 15 years ago. And we were both studying um, an undergraduate program of mathematics at the time.
1: So yes, let's start at with the that. University of Chile. Right.
0: So let's start with that. Let's start. How did the, the boy Alvaro um, come to study mathematics? And years later, how was it that you uh, became interested in language and ended up studying um, a postgraduate degree in language?
1: Well, actually, uh, language uh, was my first love in a way. Uh, I I didn't like uh, at all mathematics, Uh, uh, I didn't think I was good at it, Uh, I I didn't see any interest in the subject, Uh, so um, I I never really considered math, but uh, I always loved uh, language. Uh, I think it's because everybody in my family is a teacher, one way or another. And they all—they all are uh, teachers of language or history or something related to the humanities. So, uh, when I was growing up uh, as, as a little child, uh, I always had a uh, linguistic input. Well, everybody has, but uh, more focused uh, linguistic input uh, around me, and actually. Um, I remember when I was, uh, I don't know, five years old, something like that, that I, that I became aware that there were other languages. Uh, and I, I found that very, very interesting and, 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 and funny, in a way. Do you remember how you found out that? Yeah, my, my mom told me, actually. Because you remember those days, uh, there wasn't cable TV, so we... Not, not, for, the, not for, for the two of us who were poor. No, 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 not for us in Chile. No, no, We were uh, a poor third world country. We are still, but we have cable TV on uh, other things. Um, so, so for instance, I never saw a movie in English or something like that. We didn't have a VHS or something like that. And, um, one day I remember my mom told me, told me the colors right, in English. Yellow is amarillo, and uh, so on. Uh, and I found that really funny, because uh, I remember thinking, well, what is the need for it, right? You can speak Spanish. Why not? Uh, but, but after that, uh, I became really interested in, in other languages. And uh, when I was in middle school, in Segundo Medio here, uh, I had a, a new teacher of math. I think, sorry, I think that'll be high school. Yeah, high school in, 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 in the US. Uh, and she was the most extraordinary teacher I've ever had. She was a, a very beautiful person and, 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 and she showed me that my math was actually more about uh, the creativity of the of the ideas than just knowing the formulas and doing this and doing that and you'll get the result so that's when I, I became interested in in math uh, when I was uh, a, a teenager I think so
0: actually we, we will go back to this. Um, just, uh, I have some questions about mathematics and some misconceptions around mathematics. So, But please continue. I mean, uh, this, is a, uh, this is a teenage, Álvaro, starting to like mathematics for the first time. But then, out of high school, you actually decided to go for mathematics, not, not language, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I, I found that uh, really interesting. And I, uh, and I thought, well, I will not be able to study math on my own, right? Uh, I, I won't be able to do it uh, i I don't have a no discipline or or or, or, or the, I don't know I think I need some guidance here right but language I thought well that's easier I, I can do it on my own i can I can read I can I can find texts uh, and and read them uh, and, and I'll study I'll study it on my own right but I won't be able to do that uh, with maths and I really like this subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I thought I, I wanted to be an engineer because when, when you're a teenager and you don't know uh, the, the wide um, range of careers or something, you you think well, there's engineering, there's law, there's I don't know a- architecture, and what else? In, in a random walk, so to speak, uh, I found in the in in a magazine uh, that this thing called a Bachelor of Art in Mathematics existed. And I thought, well, that's very interesting. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be an engineer. Uh, And frankly, I don't think I will be able to get into the best university here as an engineer, because those guys uh, get really, really high uh, scores in the PSU, well, they are, in, in my time, in those times, yeah. This is a test, national test to get to university in Chile, and I don't, I don't think I'm going to get a, a very high score because I'm very lazy, you know. So uh, I, I didn't study, I didn't, I didn't study consciously for it, and I, and I found this this little thing called uh, bachelor of art, uh, and I thought, well, that's very interesting. That's, I think, what I want to do, and. It became fix, fixed, fixated on my mind, right? Uh, that was what I was going to do. And I told my mom, and she told me, well, you know, what are you going to do for a living, right? Tell me that you're going to eat every day if you study this. <laughs> she actually told me that. Uh, and I said, yes, of course, uh, I, will do, I will be a great mathematician. And, and uh, I, will, I will write papers, and, and I'll be famous. Uh, uh, it didn't help that a, a cousin of mine is a biologist, and he's actually a very good biologist. Uh, so I said, well, look at look at my cousin, he does all right, why wouldn't I? And they let me do it, and, and that's how I, I, I entered the Universidad de Chile and began studying math.
0: So let, let's uh, jump forward some years later. You have your... but I met you. Hmm? When I met you. <laughs> yeah. No, but even after that, I mean, after your bachelor's degree, um, how, how was it that uh, I think you were teaching uh, at university level and suddenly you have this desire, you know, I should go back to
1: language. How, how was that? Well, I was teaching uh, at the, at the University in Chile and I, I had a nice job. And then I figured, well, you know, uh, I think I've, I've become lazy. Uh, lazy in, intellectually, I mean, right? Uh, I, I'm i not doing what I want to do. I'm not uh, being happy in this sort of state. So there's something I need to do. I should study. I should go back and, and study. And I was terrified of it because it's been so many years. I... I, I I worked for 10, 11, 12 years, and uh, I thought, well, I'm going to keep working uh, until I die. Right. But I wanted to study, and I didn't want to study math because even though I love math uh, and it's what I do for a living, and it's a a passion of mine, Uh, but, but then again... I, I didn't. I, I knew that I want. I didn't want to uh, go further in my math education. I'm, I'm not going to need that, uh, and I don't want to do it. Actually, uh, I know what I, I know. What I know, it's all right. I, and and, it, and this thing about language came back to me, and, and, and I, don't, I don't really know how it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but. Was there an actual specific
0: trigger? Do you read an article or something Yeah, like that?
1: I, I'm trying to remember if it was... No, I think it was, it was just a um, uh, latent desire, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, well, if you want to study, study something you want to study, right? I'm not going to study, I don't know, um, uh, how to teach. I do that already, and I'm good at it. Uh, study something you don't know uh, and that you really want to know, and I. Uh, this love of language was was inside me, uh, never left. Uh, it was subdued, but uh, but I still kept uh, reading, right? I, I, I still kept reading uh, papers or books or whatever. So I said, "Well, is it too crazy?" And, and I asked my husband and he said no it's all right do it if you want to do it do it i'll support you." and so i decided to do it and i did it mm-hmm. so let's let's go there what
0: uh, do, did you have an idea of some specific branch of of the area that you wanted to pursue
1: yes um i had a boyfriend years ago who was uh a mapuche from the mapuche people and um i through him, uh, I began studying the Mapuche language, which is uh, an indigenous language here in Chile uh, that is under some uh, pressure from Spanish, and it's actually disappearing from a lot of places. So uh, I was very interested in that, uh, how to help uh, this language from disappearing, how to how to keep it from disappearing, right? How to help the, the the people who speak it. So I was very interested in that. And I, I uh, actually, I, I have some very good friends who are Mapuche, I learned to speak Mapuche with them. It was a very good experience. And that was a, kind of the, the point, that was my goal. Of course, goals change. And I, I think we're going to talk about it later. But that was the, the initial idea. This is before before going to university for language, right? Uh, before and, and, and in the beginning as well. Okay, like the first semester or something like that.
0: Oh, so you, your your original target, let's say, was was to study the Mapuche language as part of your university studies.
1: Uh, no. The target was how to study, uh, like, uh, what can you do to keep a language from disappearing? Right? How can you help? In, in, in a generic way. Yeah, in a general way, and then try to apply that to, to the Mapuche case. Uh, that was the idea. And uh, so I figured, well, I have to study, for instance, the phonetics and phonology of this language because... That's very important, right? Uh, f- for speakers who live in Santiago, most of them uh, speak uh, Mapuche with a, with a Spanish. Not all of them, of course, but some of them speak Mapuche with uh, a Spanish phonology, which is not good, right? You have to keep the original, in a way. So, uh, and also, I don't know the the policies of the, of the Chilean government and Chilean state. Uh, I, I, I knew I had to study a, a lot of things, a lot of things in order to be able to, to figure out a way to, to plan for this, right. As a, as a uh, lifetime plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, things happen, uh, life gets in the way. And, um, I, It turned out uh, I didn't do that because there was a requirement from my university that since my master's degree was in English, uh, I should do something in English. So I wasn't allowed to work in in Mapudungun, which was my initial thesis idea. Mm Uh, and I found that when I had uh, less than a month to deliver my thesis project. <laughs> so I had to write one uh, from scratch in, in three weeks and it was crazy. You found it the, the, the hard way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, actually, I, I, I presented a, a project that I thought was going to be rejected. And they liked it. They liked it very much. So I I ended up doing that, and I don't regret it. I mean, I, I like the idea. Uh, I, I think it's going to go someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't pursued it, but uh, but I'm going to. Could you could you summarize uh, the the topic? Well, there are many fields in phon- in in linguistics. All right. So one of those fields is uh, phonetics and phonology, which is the one I like the most, and I ended up doing something in in English uh, uh, with uh, uh, computer voices, synthetic voices, trying to figure out uh, if there is any difference in the way uh, learners of English understand uh, voices that are generated with a computer versus uh, natural voices. Uh, it, it turned out uh, there isn't a list for the voice I used which is a very lousy voice so actually uh, voices are now much better so uh, I think it's interesting uh, I don't know who knows <laughs>
0: I wanted to ask about this so you studied mathematics first so years yep. ago and then you, you end up studying language I wanted to ask about this connection between math and language. But just before going there, um, to link with, with something you mentioned before, uh, I wanted to ask about this misconception that a lot of people have when they don't know mathematics. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's there's this mm-hmm. person at work or some kid, you know, and somebody asks, hey, how much is 14 times 5 or some, some uh, some easy calculation, and somebody does that calculation in their head very quickly. And people say, Oh, you're good at math, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. so, uh, again, because we both studied mathematics, we might have some reaction there because we know that's really not uh, that's what mathematics not math. is, is about, yeah. right? So, I, I wanted to ask you could you explain? a little of this misconception. What's really going on in mathematics that people just don't know? You 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 said you were intrigued by creativity, which
1: a lot of people just don't associate with mathematics. No, no, not at all. Um, well, it turns out um, being good at performing calculations, it doesn't equate to being good at math. Math is actually, well, everybody says, oh, math is a language. And it is, in a way, it is a, it is a way to explain the universe. And doing math, uh, doing a performing calculation, doing a calculation, is not actually math, right? It's just, uh, it's like comparing, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a, a drop of water from the sea to, to the entire ocean, right? It's just a part, and it's really a tiny, and not very important part i i actually suck at doing calculations i don't know if i can say that sorry uh but i'm not good at calculating numbers right I, i'm terrible at that uh, my my brother mocks me every time i try to <laughs> add to numbers uh, he can do it way faster than i can uh, but he it has problems with uh, some other ideas that are more mathematical in nature, right? So you have this idea of building things out of uh, some bases, right? Which we call axioms. And we have our rules of logic. And we build ideas from there. And that's math. And it, it works because it, it was designed to work uh, as a way to explain the physical universe. And that's why math and physics go hand in hand most of the time. And there is also a need to develop math that explains other kinds of phenomena. For instance, biology. There is not uh, a a mathematics for biology in the way that there is a mathematics for physics, right? We need to explain things. And people like uh, Varela, have worked on that, and, and they have built things. And actually, there is, I think, uh, a need in linguistics to develop a new kind of math, in some areas, at least. Because when you try to, to g- explain how the language works in the brain, you're mixing biology and you're mixing many things that need some kind of um, some kind of. of, of of language that connects the ideas, and that language, I know it's going to be a form of math.
0: Mm-hmm. So actually, the, the the part that I know because after mathematics, I became interested in computer science, which is yeah. how I ended up working as a software engineer. But in the more abstract part, um, I, I ended up learning about formal and what is called formal languages in, in computer yeah, science. Formal languages,
1: yes, yes
0: in informal languages i learned about these classes of languages or they have some some name this is all mathematics this is a, a math course that you can take in university but uh, people in the humanities faculty studying languages eventually they study the same maybe with uh, some less formality i don't know but th- there's some connection here and it's through mathematics so what what's uh, what's this connection what is this structural studies that, that well, have been
1: done about languages well well there is people doing that and there is people that cannot see the relationship between those two things right um, there is still uh, some kind of prejudice in some in some parts of the world uh, that th- math and, and language are two opposites they don't touch, right? Uh, And I think that's false, that my experience from both of those things is that they are more connected than you know at at the first glance. So for instance, uh, there is an area in linguistics uh, which is uh, morphosyntax. And it was very funny for, for me because uh, every operation was every everything that you do there. There, you can study it uh, as a group operation. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, for, for the record, this group thing is just a, it's an algebra term for people who
0: don't know uh, about mathematics. Yes,
1: yes. You have an operation and you apply it uh, everywhere, and it has some peculiarities that uh, make it uh, well well-behaved. Mm-hmm. And um, and morph- morpho syntax is just, uh, well, you have this unit and you have this operation and, and, and it and it works, right? It works as a group. Uh, and I thought, oh, wow, this is very interesting and, and, and I should explore this. And I haven't done that because, as I told you, I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there is a connection and there is a deeper connection, I think, because Uh, Mathematics is not something that came from heaven, that we received. No, it's something that humans built. And how did we do it? Well, through language, right? We created this language to explain physics, but we did it through language. And that gives math, uh, I think, some very uh, human characteristics, I'm not quite sure if, I don't know, a, a chimpanzee would have fabricated math in the same way as we did, right? I think there is something from the way we experience and we see the world that uh, is embedded in math and, and formal languages. And that has to do something, uh, with um, ideas of how language work actually, in our minds. So you see, it's all very connected. And that's why it's, it, it's difficult to study, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So actually, just like you have mathematical physics and, and you have journals and conferences specific for that sub-area, is there anything like that in, in the, the connection between language and math? Is there a specific journal or conference or like a group of people working closely um, for in, in that area? Yes.
1: Neuroscience. I, 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 I think neuroscience is, is, a, is a bridge uh, between uh, language and math and other things as well, many things. Uh, but, but there is a connection, and the connection, I think, goes through neuroscience. And as you know, that is a very active uh, field nowadays. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask you
0: let's say uh, you have a 17 year old finishing high school uh, about to to go to this overwhelming world of uh, career possibilities and they say I want to study this connection between math and language where do they go do they go to a humanities faculty to study language do they go to a math faculty to study mathematics do they go directly to neuroscience what are the options
1: well I think it depends on on the country you're in, because I don't know how how it works in the US or in Europe. But from my experience here, you need to be very open-minded and you need to find your teachers uh, very open-minded. And you need to have sort of the right uh, coincidences and and the right, uh, and you have to have some luck but I think um, it, it doesn't really matter in the end. If you want to do it, if you want to study the brain and how it works and how it bridges all these experiences we go through every day, it doesn't really matter where you begin, uh, actually. It matters where you, how you use that beginning uh, into creating something new. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can do it from math, you can do it from language, you can do it from medicine, and you can do it from all sorts of dis- different places. Uh, I don't think it really matters. As long as, if you want to study neuroscience, as long as uh, you keep doing it, right? Because if you, if you forget ab- about it, it uh, you may end up uh, doing something that you don't really, really want. But if you if you keep doing it, if you keep uh, going th- to neuroscience through this other career, well, you're going to get there in the end. So I think it's equally valid, right? Uh, I think it doesn't make a difference. Uh, it's going to make a difference in the way you approach it, but it's not going to make a, a, a difference because there are always teams, right? Uh, science is teamwork. It's very rare to find the uh, the lone scientist that who works alone in in a lab in a dark lab, right? In an attic. No, oh, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in an attic, and it's a bit crazy. Uh, you know, he hasn't cut his hair. No, uh, people work in teams, and. So let's say uh, I come from, uh, from linguistics, you come from math, we are going to be working together, but there is going, somebody who's going to come from med school, and there's somebody who's going to come from uh, philosophy. And we're going to work together as a team, and each, each of us is going to bring uh, his or hers um ex- expertise to the table right right so it doesn't really matter and as usual the more diverse
0: your team is you will probably have more insights and more. It, the, the research will be richer
1: yes of course of course so so it doesn't really matter i i think math is a very good uh, starting point and i think language is a very good starting point uh, and i haven't studied medicine so i i, I don't know it, you can, you can begin
0: from, from whatever you want. And the other thing that is interesting to mention here, and I, I think this, even from our own experiences, uh, whatever you, you start studying, whether it's from humanities or, or mathematics directly, for example, um, in the end, if you go to grad school, for example, you will be doing much more advanced stuff, and, and the, the stuff that you do in the first couple, two or three years in undergraduate school... It's really very simple com- and basic compared to what you are going to do in the future as a researcher. So I, I think I, yeah. it's, it's true what you say, that, that it doesn't really matter where you start. And that's one of the reasons.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And also, uh, people tend to think that uh, the career you started from is kind of a um, handicap, right? Uh, if you cannot study something else if you studied this when you were an undergraduate student. And that's absolutely untrue. You can do whatever you want. If you were a good student, you learned how to study, and that's the whole key of the process, right? So if you know how to study and you have a passion, well, follow it. Uh, the worst is going to happen is that you're going to fail, and who cares? It's going to be sad for a while, but after that, well, you'll recover and you find something else. And That's life. Even if you
0: fail, you you can still get some new understanding that you didn't have before.
1: Yes, of course. Maybe you failed not because you you were bad at it. Maybe it's because you found out that you didn't like it as as you thought you liked it. Right. So in the end, it's going to be all right. So let's uh, let's switch topics here. Uh,
0: I wanted to ask you about speaking multiple languages and the I, I wanted to give an example first. All right. Uh, because we, at this moment, while we record, we are doing a very interesting experiment. So we've known each other for over 15 years, but this is the first time that both of us are speaking in English. In, yeah. and, and even before when I invited you to a podcast, I asked you not to listen to the previous episodes, just so this would be the first time we hear each other speaking English, uh, which which is, uh, I would say, an interesting experiment. Um, For both of us, yes. So uh, can you, um, I wanted to ask about that. How how do we behave? Do we really behave differently when we are speaking in a different language that is not our natural language? And and, uh, is there any study uh, about that?
1: Well, funny you ask, Alejandro. Um, there is—I haven't read them, all right. Uh, so I'm—I'm uh, I'm going to go on a limb. In a limb, I don't remember how, how the thing goes. Uh, but uh, there are studies that show that you behave not entirely different, but somewhat different uh, when you are when you're speaking a, a second or third language, all right. It's not that you have a, a a personality change and now you are a very different person, and your friends say, "Well, who's that?" No, uh, but you have some changes. For instance, a, a personal experience: when when I had to defend my thesis, uh, I was. Can I say the, the F bomb uh, uh, or, or something like that? Of course, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'll just ha- I'll just have that that explicit.
0: Uh, icon next to my episode.
1: <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's going to be my episode. Uh, I was nervous as fuck. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't breathe. I was. I, I thought I was having a, a panic attack or something. But then again, since my my master's program was in English, I had to do it in English. And I was there with my family uh, speaking Spanish. They don't speak English. Uh, but when the moment come came that I had to speak in English, everything disappeared, and I was another person, right? I was this calm. I'm not going to say relaxed, but uh, at least not dying, right? Person. But you were confident because you knew what you were talking about. Yes, I was confident. Yeah, but but I I was still. Uh, Unsure about things, and I tend to forget what I have to say when I, when I have to say it. So um, I, I was still nervous, but but I began to get in, in, in English, and, and everything disappeared. Uh, I was I was serene, if not uh, relaxed, right? Um, and there are studies that show that uh, that show that people can change their their emotional background from one language to the other. When when they when they have uh, some mastery in that second language, of course, because if you if you if you cannot speak that second language very well, the only emotion you're going to feel is anxiety, right? But uh, but when you when you speak two languages in a in a, a proficient level, well, you can change the set of emotions from one to the other. So what what other languages do you speak? You you mentioned maungoon uh, also well uh, yeah uh I, I don't know because uh, I haven't spoken them in in a long time but I used to speak French and a little Italian which came very handy when so I was let uh, l- let me
0: ref- let me rephrase the question because okay
1: being proficient is one thing but
0: Let's say, if you travel to a different country or a country where they don't speak Spanish or English um, in how many of those countries could you ask for directions and and say hello and and have a basic conversation in their language?
1: Well, I think in France, uh, in Italy, because I I did it last year or some time, um, definitely not German. I, I can't speak. I can't understand German at all and Portuguese. I cannot I cannot understand anything in Portuguese. Uh, I'd, I'd say, yeah, uh, I, I could go to southern Chile, <laughs> uh, I could go to France, and I could go to Italy. That's about it. Uh, sorry to disappoint you. No, that's, a, okay, that's way more than, than most people
0: anyway. I mean, m- most people speak, how, how many, one or two?
1: Ah, it depends, really. It depends because in in Europe people tend to speak more languages, uh, but but in America we tend to speak uh, our own native language, right? Uh, except of course if you are uh, from an indigenous uh, people and you have to speak either English or, or Spanish or some Portuguese because. Because reasons, right? Right. So, um, colonialism. Speaking of, of uh, multiple languages in in some
0: country, how is, um, English education in, in in Chile and in the
1: rest of Latin America? Uh, terrible. (laughs) But that's not, it's not the fault of the teachers. And it's not the fault of the students. Uh, I think there is a systemic mismatch between what needs to be done and what is done right and uh, i think part of that mismatch uh, comes from trying to use standard tests for everything and part of that mismatch comes from economic reasons Uh, uh, public schools never get the funding they need and Private schools are very expensive, so most people cannot afford to put their child on one of them. Um, and so people tend to go to cheaper schools that are just okay in m- most cases. And uh, it's, it's a very sad situation. And it, English and math, actually... English and and math uh, tend to be not well covered in 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 the Chilean curriculum. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, again, this is because of the standardized testing, do you think? No, no, not because of that. Uh, but it's a factor. It's a factor. It's okay. just a factor. It's just a factor. I think one a big reason for this is that people don't want to learn in general, right? Uh, they. They try to do the, the least effort uh, to, to to go through the school and through some universities. Of course, not everybody is like that. But there is a big uh, chunk of people who just don't want to learn. It's not something that interests them. So I find that very problematic. And, and I don't know if there is a sim- obviously, there is not a simple solution to that. Uh, If I had that, I'd I'd sell it to the Ministry of Education, I'd I'd be rich, and I'm not. So, um, but that's a very big problem in, in, in Chilean education, I think. How do you convince people that actually education is something good in and of itself, right? But also it's something that is going to help you lead a better life, have more opportunities and do more, right? With less, because Chile is still a poor country. Uh, Even though we'd like to believe in Chile that we are almost developed, well, that almost is the hardest part, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that has to do actually with the education and the need to convince people that, hey, through education, you can achieve big things. You can get a better life. You can do things that you hadn't imagined before. And but it's hard. It's hard because uh, I think uh, people still see education as a business, and actually our current president seems to think so. And how can you how can you fight against that, right? Mm hmm. So um, I I wanted
0: to ask about, again, uh, keeping in the topic of speaking multiple languages, I, apart from the uh, (laughs) (laughs) going back from politics, (laughs) (laughs) going back from politics. Yeah. Apart from, from the political aspect of wanting to learn in general or or not having the desire to learn. um, What are the, let's say I do want to learn. I do want to learn. uh, Let's say I speak Spanish natively or some other language and I want to learn English or or German or whatever it is, what are the the actual difficulties that people find, not assuming assuming they want to learn, what are the technical difficulties that they will find? And I, I just want to give a very quick example. Uh, in Spanish, for example, the word for people is uh, singular, and the word for people in English is a plural. Uh, so yeah. when when we say uh, we we would say in spanish uh, translating uh, people is instead of people are for example so we are very used yeah. to that and when we learn english that's one of the worst or that's one of the things that is hard to to learn to to it's uh, you have to be really concentrated to, to to remember that yeah so what are the, the uh, common difficulties that people
1: find well there is um... <laughs> That's a field that has been studied since, the since very long. But uh, the scientific study of it has uh, really started in 1940s or something like that. And there have been many different ideas uh, that have developed uh, it, as as an answer to the previous ideas. Um, and in the '60s and '70s, I think uh, it was very it, it was very popular the notion of uh, a, 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 an analysis of errors that learners do right so like that instead of saying people are in a, a, a Spanish learner of English would say people is because in Spanish, as you said, people is a singular word, but the thing is. Those kinds of studies uh, never went really, really far because uh, the error analysis turns out is just a little part of the picture. It doesn't paint the whole picture. Um, it's just um, it's just a, a little part. And the most important thing is that uh, the language that the learner is acquiring or learning, which are two different things, is dynamic, it evolves, uh, and is built uh, from the experiences that the learner has every day, right? Um, So, for instance, before that, uh, one of the main things, the main characteristics of successful learners is that successful learners are motivated. Right? They have their own motivation. They don't need an external motivation. right? So if you want to do it, you can. In, in this case, to want to do something is is to be able to do it. Now, I think that also part of that is uh, to have um, high goals, but n- to know that you will never be able to to reach them. So, for instance, in my case... Um, I'm I'm talking to you in English. I think my grammar is kind of good, but I know my pronunciation is not that very good, right? But I don't care, even though my field of, of, of choice is phonetics, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care because I'm not studying
0: myself. We should we should disclose that your then your accent is uh, goes hand in hand with your handwriting.
1: Yes, of course. Uh <laughs> but uh but I don't care because I'm not understanding myself and uh, uh, uh it's all right. The thing that you need to remember is that uh language is a tool. And it's a tool for communication. So, if you're able to communicate yourself in this or that language, it's all right. It's enough, mm. right? Uh I don't know. I think i would make a a fool of myself if I thought that I could learn Russian and become the best Russian poet that has ever been, right? It's not going to happen. But I can learn Russian. If I wanted to learn Russian, I could learn it, and maybe I will never pronounce it correctly, and maybe I will make lots of of, uh, grammatical mistakes. But still, if I get people to understand me, and if I get to understand people, uh, then my learning has fulfilled its mission, Mm -hmm. right? And also, uh, after a certain age, you will never be able to speak like a native uh, speaker. Mm
0: -hmm. When you say speak like a native, do you,
1: you refer to grammar more than pronunciation? No, to both. Oh, both, okay. Both. Yeah, both. Mostly pronunciation, right? Um, It's very, very difficult after a certain age. It's not impossible, mind you, but it's very difficult. And also grammar and all that. Regarding pronunciation, I had an example that I wanted to give, and maybe you can
0: comment on that. Um, One of the difficulties that I found when I was learning, and I I have to say I learned English as an adult, I mean, the, the education English education in my high school and middle school and all that was just not good enough to make me a, a speaker. So I started learning as an adult. And one of the things that was hard was being afraid of the accent. Oh, I have yeah. this accent. I don't sound like this Hollywood movie. Right? Yeah. So yeah. because of that, I was afraid of, of speaking. And I think it's a, it's a common um attitude from people oh i don't sound like the, the movie therefore um i'm uh, just too I'm bad. A bad
1: speaker yeah right so um, yeah, the, yeah it's I'm a very bad. common attitude and
0: and i the, the 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 case that i wanted to mention i did an internship in ireland in the national university of ireland in galway so this was a small research institute uh we were around a 100 people from around 35 countries at the time so for lunch we would sit with seven or eight people in one table and when you had eight people there you probably had six or seven nationalities uh, most of them would speak different native languages but of course we would communicate in english all of us with different accents all of us with different uh, levels of uh, grammar uh, we will have more advanced or, or more beginner levels of english and some of some of some of the people were you could tell they were beginner English speakers, but nobody cared. And I was very surprised by that. Nobody cared. Even people with poor English, they would tell their stories, and everybody was listening, everybody was paying attention. Um, and nobody was ever commenting, oh, uh, you speak poorly or something. People still yeah. make efforts to understand you, and that's, uh, that's a barrier there that that we have in our mind. Oh, I, 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 people won't yeah, understand I mean, me.
1: nobody will understand me. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Well, there are two things that come to my mind with your story. Uh, one thing is, uh, when you're learning a language, there is always a kind of a silent period. Well, when you don't produce, right? you just receive, you just listen, or you just see the language written in a page. And there is always a, a silent period. And I think that happens in math too, right? Uh, I think uh, students of math, uh, there is a period uh, when they think, oh, I'm, I don't understand anything. Uh, I'm not good at this. But if you keep pressing them, uh, accompanying them, uh, and gently pushing them, they they, they achieve a, a level of, of, all right, I can do this. Uh, I can do this. I got this. Uh, and with language, happens the same thing happens uh, where you don't produce, but your brain is picking all these little pieces of information and, and connecting them in the magic that the brain does. And uh, there comes a time when you are not really uh, aware of it and you just speak or you just write. And uh, that's... A, a very nice experience to have for everybody who's learning a second language when you when you f- feel that uh, that comes from within you that you can do it and you just do it. And the, the second thing is that uh, language learning is not an isolated process. Language learning is a social process. Uh, so you cannot, you, can, you cannot learn a language in your own. You have to learn it through interaction with other people, right? And you have to also remember that uh, the language that we speak and the language that we write are two different things. Uh, the, the written language follows its own set of conventions that are not necessarily shared with the spoken language, right? So, for instance, uh, when you're speaking, you can make pauses, like I did, or you can repeat uh, something. uh, You can stretch a syllable. You can do many things with spoken word that you cannot do with the written word. Mm -hmm. You can also get, in the spoken word, you can also get away with many uh, incorrect (laughs) constructions. Yes, yes, because uh, and they are not incorrect, right? Uh, They're right. Uh, it's, that's something that I, I always fight with my husband because he always go back goes back to the right to the Real Academia Española, mm-hmm. which sets the norm, so right. to speak, uh, for Spanish language. And there is, and I tell him there shouldn't be a norm. People speak, and that's the norm, right? And and so language learning is a social. Experience. You cannot learn a language on your own. You have to learn it through interaction with other people. And people tend to be very nice. Who knew? But uh, people tend to be very nice. Uh, they when you, when they see that you're try, making an effort to speak in their language, they tend to to listen to you with uh, more attention. They tend to speak a little slower so you can understand them clearly. Clearly, and and. I don't know, they are very good uh, very good spots about it. So um, language learning is, that's very important. It's a social uh, experience. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot do it through a book. You have to go out and, and try to speak the language. And through speaking you, uh, and through listening, you're going to get the language. Mm-hmm. So two comments ab- about this. Um,
0: I even had the experience of having to speak slow, not in English, but in Spanish, when I speak with people from other countries. For example, uh, in my previous job, I had a colleague from Cuba. and We were speaking Spanish, but I had to speak slow. Um, We have to confess here that in Chile we do pronounce uh, terribly com- compared to other Spanish-speaking countries.
1: No, don't say that.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, after you speak with people from some countries, you realize you you do speak, uh, and you do pronounce uh, some things. Uh, we, we omit some sounds. Uh, we are used to that. Well, yes, of course, because it's our own dialect. Sure, sure. Uh, but, uh, what I am I'm, I'm, what I mean is terribly compared to them, right? So, for example, he could speak as a Cuban, and I would understand him, but he would have a hard time understanding me when I spoke as a Chilean. Yeah.
1: Well, that's something that we... Linguistics is a science, right? And as you know, in science, we do not do that anymore when we uh, qualified things as, uh, this is correct, this is incorrect, right? That's uh, for those kinds of teachers uh, those very old-fashioned kinds of teachers, like the professor Vanderas, uh, you will understand that, but nobody else, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, that try to set a norm of how you speak. And actually l- linguistics is, is a science. It doesn't try to set a norm, right? It just tries to describe how people actually speak mm-hmm. and, um, and a funny thing is well we were speaking about second languages and all that right but uh what is a language actually it turns out there is no such thing as a language what makes more sense as a, as a unit of languages is a dialect so you, you, for instance in spanish we have the chilean dialect is a, a very different dialect from the other regions we have the argentinian dialect and so on and on, and we have uh, dialectal zones. And in in Spain, there are actually uh, many dialectal zones. And so, for instance, it so happens that uh, in in Spain, well, you can speak uh, Spanish, but Castilian, right? right? The the language from from the Castile region. Well, next to that region, you have, uh, uh, for instance, Leonese, the language of the region of Leon, which is very similar to Spanish, so you you can understand somebody speaking in Leonese. And next to that region, you have uh, Aragonese, which is very similar to Leonese, but it's not so similar to to Castilian. And then comes, uh, for instance, uh, some varieties of uh, Catalan. So. You have this continuum. Which is already very different. Maybe maybe not very different, but a lot different. It's a lot different from Spanish, from Castilian Spanish, right? So you have this continuum of of people who can understand between each other, but the two endpoints do not. Mm -hmm. So... a language is not its not really a thing. You just learn a, la- a dialect. There is a, a chosen dialect, so to speak. Somebody said the phrase, I don't remember who, that uh, a language is a dialect with an army. Because it's always the dialect of the capital city of your country that is a prestige dialect. And therefore, it's a, langu- it's a, it's a dialect that everybody should, I'm, I'm making giant air quotes here, Mm -hmm. should, um, strive to speak, because it is the proper language, right? Right. And so you should speak like the people in Santiago, or you should speak like the people in New York or in California, which are two very different accents. Uh, Or you should speak uh, the received pronunciation, which is a term that doesn't really exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Actually, as, as a speaker of English as a second language, I have to say
0: that my idea of language was and i guess this is the same for a lot of people worldwide my idea of english is not even california accent it's just los angeles accent because it's hollywood that's yeah, the course. easiest way of consuming english is through movies so we watch yeah. movies on cable tv or in the cinema and that's mostly los angeles accent not even the rest of california and again it's not the same as what you would have in the states, southern states, or in New York or in Boston. So even even here, I mean, the country is so large, the U.S. that that you do have many different accents. And uh, yes, I course. have this. I had this conversation with a, an American colleague, and uh, I was telling him, well, in in the case of your accent, you have this accent, blah blah blah. And he was saying, I don't have an accent. I'm a native. And I was saying, of course, you have an accent. Uh, having an accent doesn't mean you're foreign or or, or that it is a second language, uh, because you sound very different to a person from this other state, for example, and you're both native, but it doesn't mean you have the same accent. So I I don't know if you do you agree with that that even people native people have their own uh, accent local accent.
1: Well, I think you and I, being Chileans, uh, are very aware of that because uh, all the time we 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 in Chile say, that, oh, we speak uh, a terrible Spanish, right? Uh, it's al- al- almost, it's, n- it's a different language because it's terrible, terrible Spanish. Oh, Peruvians, no, they speak very lovely Spanish. Uh, they speak better Spanish than the Spaniards. Uh, but so I think we are very aware of that. Um, but no, most people don't think they have an accent. But they do. everybody does. Everybody does have an accent. Uh, and accents vary not only in a geographical way, but also in a, in a racial way. So for instance, you have a, a, a black English, which is a, 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 it's different. And, and people some people say, no, that's bad English, right? Because they're not uh, using the verbs as they should. Right. Well, what what is the way they should? W- what do? is the should? Yeah, yeah. What is the should? What well, is it? Who correct? defines that? There, yeah, there is no correct way, uh, and actually, uh, Black English is very consistent, right? It is it, a very consistent dialect of English. It it follows its own rules, and and also, well, uh, by uh, social status, like if you are uh, rich or you are poor. Uh, you, you will have different accents. And the funny thing is, you can switch those uh, when you're talking to somebody else. So you can speak in a different way, uh, whether you're talking to, to your boss or, your, or, or, or someone who, who is poorer than you. Right. I mean, I'm guessing a lot of people will have this experience of feeling that they have to speak different at home and at work. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, maybe they don't even realize it. Uh, Maybe they don't even know they're doing it, but they're still doing it. They do. Um, The other comment
0: I had before uh, that I left behind, uh, you mentioned the Real Academia, which is, uh, let's say, uh, the the governing body of the language. But I I, I think it's um, appropriate to mention uh, some people believe that they define how the language should be, but what they actually do is that they observe how the language is being used, and they adopt that, they put that in the dictionary, eventually, and I want to emphasize eventually because the one problem is that they are a little slow. because they they, they are very slow. (laughs) There's a lot of bureaucracy involved, right? There's a there's a governing bo- body in each country um, with uh, Spanish as a first language, and they all go to the the the, 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 the version the in central, the, the, the Spain chapter. It, yeah, and so it is low compared to something like uh, you have the Oxford Dictionary in English and the Cambridge and the Merriam Webster, and you have uh, they can act very quickly, and they have Google as a verb, for example.
1: Yeah, of course, and. <laughs> I think that um, it's very important that uh, the speed which uh, which with um, language changes is so fast, so fast. Uh, Words appear and disappear. Uh, Words go in fashion. Some words die after a while. Some words stay. Uh, For instance. in Spanish, uh, as you know, but most listeners won't, you have this very rich set of conjugations of the verb. So, for instance, instead of saying "I play," "you play," "he plays," "we play," uh, you say "yo juego," "tú juegas," "juego," "juegas," right. "juega," the, jugamos. the word changes. The word changes a lot, right? So, for in in Chile, we have this um, word "soy." which comes from sois, which means y- you are, tu soi, you are. And in the last 20 years or so, there has developed a new version of that word, which comes from eres, which is you you are, in, in, the, in the correct way to say it, uh, which is eri, tu eri, right? And that developed out of uh, out of um, a process of analogy, maybe, uh, from the other conjugations, the other Chilean conjugations, and it stayed, right? It stayed. Nobody knew if it was going to stay or if it, or not, and it stayed. Where did it came from? I don't know. It just appeared some day. Somebody just said it do you know if it was a television
0: or a radio show or something? no like that? i
1: don't know i think it had it was in the area of las contes or something like that a, a, a very posh area that started doing that but uh, but it spread it spread and uh, and it has connotations that uh, if you use soy it you can know where you come from your background uh and your social class right and if you say ed it has other connotations um it, and it, that always happens in every language so just, just so to make a,
0: to make an analogy uh for people who don't speak spanish uh, listening to the podcast uh maybe it would be something like uh saying you are not and you ain't something that if you hear that you will Guess a few things about the the person's context, maybe even social status.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 I want to stress uh, the the sheer velocity of it. Right, it's so Mm -hmm. fast, Mm -hmm. Um, even
0: fast as it is, uh, it's still not in the (laughs) dictionary, in the official dictionary, (laughs) and it probably even if it is, at some point it will take a while. (laughs)
1: It will it, probably appear when nobody speaks it anymore. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, it's that slow. Yeah, it's very, very slow. Uh, I, I, I don't think there needs to be something like that. There are many uh, different ways to do uh, linguistic studies of that kind, uh, which are faster and, and more appropriate. I think the the Rai uses a, a very outdated method. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to uh, to wrap up
0: with a question that well, maybe it will take us some some time, but um, there's this theory that I've heard. Maybe I think I watched a TED talk about this that the perception of the world changes according to your natural language. What what do you know about that? What can you tell me about that? And I I think the example just so, so I can give the example um, the sun and the moon. In Spanish, the moon is a it's a feminine right. It's a, it's a female yeah. um, name word word, yeah. and, and the sun is masculine. And it's uh, I think it's in German that is the other way. So, mm-hmm. for example, let's say poets and singers they usually speak of the moon in Spanish with with female characteristics, but it's completely the other way in German. So how much our perception of the world changes, and that's the theory, that's what they say. I I don't know how much, can you tell me about that?
1: Well, that is uh, an old theory for the world of linguistics. Um, First of all, linguistics as a science, as we know it today, is about 100 years old. So it's very new. Compare it to to something like uh, physics, and let's say physics started with Galileo. Right, Uh, it's about five hundred to six hundred years old, whereas linguistics is very new. Um, So there is a lot of things we still don't know, right? But the idea that you you bring to the table is uh, an old idea from the 20s or 30s, I don't remember, which is the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, right? Uh, and the idea is exactly that. Uh, your language, um, well, there are two versions. The hard version is your language determines how you perceive the world. And the soft version is your language influences how you perceive the world. Now, I think nobody could argue that the soft version is probably true, right? Uh, that's my personal opinion, of course. But, um, but it's, it's probably true in the sense that uh, maybe you tend to realize some things and I think there are actually studies that uh, prove some, some aspects of that. And languages tend to differ very much. For instance, there is, uh, in Mapuzungun, in the Mapuche language, uh, there are many uh, nouns. But you have a very, very, very rich verbal system. And most things that in English or Spanish would say with a noun you express that with uh, a with a with a with a verb in Mapudungun, right? Well, so or, or or an adjective, you'd say it with a verb. Um, so maybe that leads to some differences in the way a, a, a Mapuche speaking person and an English speaking person see the world. But can we really say that? A Mapuche person sees the world in an entirely different way than an English speaker or, or a Spanish speaker? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with your example, yes, of course, poets use the moon as a feminine in Spanish, and, and, and the sun, they give masculine characteristics, and it may very well be the other way around in German. But as a Spanish speaker, do you think of the moon as a, as a as something that has a vagina, or do you think of the sun as something that has a penis? No, I don't think you do, mm. right? I don't. No, <laughs> no uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, or, or, or the fork, the, the the spoon. The spoon is a feminine in, in 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 Spanish, right? Is it is it because it's soft, and, and, it, and, it's car- and, it, and it carries soup inside, like a womb. Well, I, th- I may be mistaken, because I, I'm not fluent in German, but I think in German the, um, the word for spoon is a masculine noun. OK. So you see, those things uh, are not really that. Uh, I think the, the, the strong hypothesis, the, your language, determines the way you see the world is wrong. And it's based on faulty data, because uh, one of the bases for that hypothesis uh, was the study of the language of an indigenous tribe in America, in, well, the United States of America. Um, And they did a study, but one of the people who came up with the hypothesis wasn't a linguist. And, And they misinterpreted the data. And they thought, oh, these people don't have the same concept of time that we do. And the language, oh, the language tells you that time is circular. So they see time as a circular thing. Oh, so language determines the way you see the world. So they they extrapolated from the Tingle observation? Yes. And later studies uh, showed that those people who I don't remember their name, I'm sorry uh don't see time in such a way, and the language doesn't uh, use time in such a way. The language is the same as our language, whichever it is, and as almost every language in the world was it was it the the navajo people i think uh, I think so, yeah, but I'm not sure so you see, maybe I think there is something there, but if it is, it's, it's not a determinant, maybe just an an influence. Mm-hmm. So is there is there any serious study
0: trying to prove one or the other person or disprove both of them?
1: Well, um, or still in dispute. I think it's going to be in dispute uh, for a long, long time. <laughs> there there are, of course, yeah uh but they are not conclusive and and they are i i don't know if they're not conclusive because they aren't or because some group of people don't want to see them as conclusive right from whichever side so the, the, uh, before closing what no. uh,
0: <laughs> where do you see <laughs> it's yourself? Fun. sorry yeah it, 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 it has been fun but it also means that we
1: can uh, repeat it uh, soon and maybe talk to, about something else Yes when you're listening tell you that uh, they don't understand a thing of what I say. <laughs> uh, I I don't think so. Um my 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 audience as, small
0: as it is, uh, I'm hoping it's uh, tolerant it's enough of, of, of the accent. Yeah. Um they they've had to tolerate my accent so far. Um but, but you speak very good English. So it's a microphone. <laughs> okay. that's a good reason. Yeah, that's um, a good reason. I, I wanted to ask, what, what's, uh, what's in the near future for you uh, in terms of um, uh, academics or research? Do you plan to you know, publish something you're, you're teaching at the moment? That's your main occupation?
1: Well, I have two occupations. Uh, yes, I am teaching, I'm teaching um, math in English. Who, who knew? You can, you can mix uh, and match.
0: Oh, you're teaching mathematics in English in a Spanish-speaking country.
1: Yes, I am, um, because I'm, I'm working at a, pri- a private institute, and um, they they have this funny thing, this funny career, tourism and hospitality, and the whole career is in English. It's an English speaking program, so you have to uh, if, the students have may, to take a
0: test. If I may make a small uh, comment, when when we say career is uh, for people who don't speak Spanish, re- again we we. We say career for what people in in English would say maybe a major in the university, right? Yeah, maybe because uh, the system here is a little bit different. Yeah, it's it's just the way it works. But basically, you're referring to a major in tourism, so it makes sense that it is in English.
1: Yeah, it's kind it, it it's kind of a minor and a major mm-hmm. together, right? Yep. So, um, they they do this program in in English and. Um, and it's been a very interesting experience to to find out uh, how do people speak in English here. And they, they have the, the people who get in have very good levels of English. Uh, they speak very well, mostly, most of the time. Do they come from private schools, mostly? No. That's, I, I found that very interesting. They, they come from very mixed environments. Some people are very, uh, are very posh, and some people are not. And that's very stimulating. But what what I have found is that they enter not wanting to have mathematics at all. And they leave wanting to have more. Mm. Uh, That speaks very well of you as a teacher. Thank you. But I think it speaks very well of the program. And that's the second part of my job. Uh, I'm working also in the... Uh, pla- in the planning organization, the, the, there is a central mathematics uh, program for the whole country. And I'm working there, um, uh, in planning and, and writing tests and and having ideas of what to do. And we are, we are doing something very interesting. Uh, Is this for university level or or high school, middle school? No, 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 university level. But uh, it's a mix of technical and and university level, Mm. right? So um, we are doing something that is very, very revolutionary. The idea only has about uh, 5,000 years, which is to try to teach them how to think. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, how to solve problems and it has been very very successful and the students love it uh, they f- they have told me many times not just one time many many times that they feel is the first time they are actually doing math and that fills my heart with pride and and, and joy and and very good feelings because I think we are doing something that uh, is very new for this country and it's very groundbreaking for this country. And hopefully it's going to be a a success in a few years, right? We're still beginning, but I think when this generation of, of students goes to their works they're going to be able to do things that maybe uh, previous generations couldn't. And that's my, my future, I think. I'm, I'm having lots of fun. I'm having lots of fun doing that, uh, trying to come up with new ideas in that field. And maybe I, I, I'm even going to quit teaching because planning is something new for me and, and I, I love it very much. Besides, I'm working with uh, friends, and it makes a joy to work uh, there. Yeah, of so, course. So I think that's, that's in it for me. But also, I want to, to work in linguistics. I want to publish my thesis research. And um, I have some good friends uh, who happen to be good linguists uh, as well. So we have some ideas uh, about working together. Are trying to uh, pick funds from somewhere, because that's always the, the, the problem. Uh, you have to have some money, not very much, but some. And we want to do some things, uh, to publish some uh, papers, because uh, I I see myself getting a, a PhD in linguistics. Wow. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Uh, will it be sad if it doesn't happen? No, of course not. Uh, my life, if my life I've never known what's coming next and it's always been a good thing. So I guess I'm, I'm very lucky. All right. So let me throw just one more, one more, um,
0: question, um, because you're having so much fun. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. um, Uh, so at this moment, English is we could say the lingua franca especially in the sciences it's basically the way the world communicates for 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 the most part at least the western world uh, but i would yeah. say most of it what's the next one do you think it's chinese or do you do you see any future in anything like esperanto or do you, do, you, do you see anything else or even spanish uh becoming um then the next the next one in relevance and how far in the future would that be Wow. (laughs) Anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's... uh, I'm guessing we could save that for a whole podcast episode. Uh,
1: If if I I knew, if I knew, if I had any idea, uh, I'd be making a dictionary of that language and selling it. (laughs) And uh, and I'd be rich. And and I'm not rich. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, I don't know. Uh, you know, we, our lives are so short. Maybe I, I, we all, I think, see English as, as a lingua franca for the foreseeable future. But what is the foreseeable future, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty years, forty years, two hundred years? I don't know. The Romans thought they were going to last forever, right. and well, we are in a way. Well, but we some, speak Spanish. Some, some aqueducts and the Colosseum still
0: are still standing. So.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah in spite of the popes that uh, <laughs> yeah. st- stole all the marble from the yeah. monuments right uh, but we're, we're, we speak Spanish and Spanish what is Spanish if not uh, Latin uh, right with some changes that have been accumulating through 2,000 years, mm-hmm. right? I don't know everything changes. Yeah. The, the, at
0: least in the Western world, the influence of Latin is just too great. even even um, in English I think, something like 30% of the English vocabulary is French.
1: Yes. And I I think it's even higher than that. Uh, But um, uh, uh, who knows? Thankfully, we do not speak Latin anymore because I, I tried to learn Latin when I was a teenager and it absolute shit uh, you know <laughs> trying to remember oh if you think spanish has many conjugations oh boy you're in you're in for it right because <laughs> you have the conjugations and the declinations and you have to remember everything oh it's just a mess just as a as a fun fact i think you might know this but do
0: you remember the hbo show uh rome years yeah. ago there was a group of people uh, i think in europe trying to put the show with a dubbed version in, in Latin to make it more realistic. <laughs> uh, and then it would have subtitles in English or whatever your language is. But, yeah. but I think they they only managed to, to make a few. I, I don't remember. But there was a project. I never watched it. I think I want to, just just for an experiment. But, they, but that, that would be interesting.
1: No, no, they got it wrong. Instead of doing it in Latin, what they should have done is to... Shoot it again, showing more asses. Okay, to be more realistic, you mean? No, to be hornier. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Cut that. Please okay. do it. <laughs> uh, okay. No, uh, no. Um, no I, I wish I knew. You, you, uh, you th- have too much faith in in me to know questions like that. And uh, uh, the good thing is, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe All the right. Chinese thing they know, but well, maybe they know something we don't. Oh, I'm I, pretty I sure they so, do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Okay, well, Alvaro, um, I want to
0: thank you for for your time, and we hope, I hope that that we could repeat this and maybe keep talking about some of some of the subtopics that we missed
1: here, because this, uh, in some of them we can go really deep. Yes of course we can go really really deep in, and we just uh, brushed the surface mm-hmm. and it's been a pleasure to talk to you uh, you know i love you and um, and we don't talk often so i really yeah. enjoyed it yeah and we, we should
0: start recording our conversations and <laughs> just just to remember yes. the, the good old times uh, we used to write our conversations <laughs> or summaries of it so, uh, we some used of them... to
1: write a... Some, of them, a lot of, things. Yeah, some yeah, of them were in yeah, English. Yeah, some of them were in English, but remember, we never spoke yeah, yeah. in
0: English before, so it's an interesting experiment uh, for a first time.
1: Well, yeah, we used to write lots and, and lots of things, and and the people knew. Uh, they <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing they don't. Our computers um, still know. I still have many of the texts here in, in my backups. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, and I have them backed up because uh, I, I'm always in fear of losing data. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a digital hoarder. Well, um, should I say something to end? I don't know how it works. No, I mean just just uh, saying thank you again and, and
0: until next time. If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure you visit hanoma.info/podcast for more episodes that's j-a-n-o-m-a info forward slash podcast until next time